Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means this episode 186 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse, and I ain't no Nick Offerman Wilson. You're not Nick Offerman? No, it turns out I'm not, as, as hard as I've been trying lately. <laughs> I've heard about this uh, coffee table. Yeah, yeah, it's a coffee table-related um, mm-hmm. realization. So what's going on? Uh, well, it went pretty well. I got it all uh, lacquered up and varnished or whatever. It's a nice piece of wood. It's a nice piece of wood, yeah. rough cut edges and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just overestimated how tall I wanted it to be. Okay. So, it's like- <laughs> so the table legs are too tall. <laughs> so now it's a bar. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's like a Hobbit bar. Hmm. It's kind of this medium no man's land of the height that you would want a surface to be. Well, that doesn't seem too hard to fix. No, I'm just going to get new legs. You could just chop them down. Mm, Yeah, but I'll just get the prefab ones that are all measured out nicely and everything. Yeah, I, uh, I heard that there is a nice wood store up in Port Townsend. Yeah, that's where I got the um the plank. Uh-huh. It's called it's called uh what is it? it's either like nature's gems or forest gems. Mm-hmm. Something like that, but they have like all sorts of cool uh planks of wood. Nice. Yeah. Uh, maybe you It think- ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah. It's cheaper than uh, you know, is it about the same price as buying furniture or is it Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's uh, it's nice looking. I mean, that was a nice piece of wood. In there in your Facebook picture you had a steak knife sitting on it right which might i don't know if that was a call out to ron swanson <laughs> or uh, i thought that you had carved the whole thing out with a steak knife which was badass no it's it was neither i was just um getting <laughs> so, picking at the knots to pull little pieces of wood out oh there you go for the finished product thought it might have been steak knife for scale <laughs> great band <laughs> this is perfect band yeah, I'm feeling a little sick this week, but uh, trooping Stuff through going it. around. The gunk is going around, and uh, I don't know. Last weekend, my softball team, we decided we were going to practice rain or shine, and uh, the shine did not happen. So it was raining like crazy the whole time that we were practicing, and I was drenched. And then we went to the bar afterward, and I sat there in wet clothes for like two hours. Oh, yikes. And about Wednesday started wheezing. and You then... went rain or shine, and you didn't bring dry clothes with you? No. That I'm... is a rookie mistake. I'm a Washingtonian, man. I'm supposed to be able to handle this shit, but uh, apparently not. So anyway, the wheezing continues. I did get in, an- get in another softball practice today. So. Oh, jeez. Just got some... a regular trout here. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, I'm swimming in, in the rivers that are made. Yeah. Uh, so, Jesse, what are you drinking this week? I'm drinking pale ale from work. Nice. What about you? I'm drinking tea. Mm, yeah. It's a little early. This is a rare early in the day recording for us. Yeah, and I'm also just trying to cut down on the whole beer beer thing a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, I started to get real puffy. And I, had, I had an idea that that might have been, you know, I'm getting my pamphy on, I'm working out, but uh, the puffiness I feel like might have been with uh, with a little bit of my beer consumption. Not to mention I'm sick. Uh, yeah. So all that together, I'm trying to cut down a little bit. Uh, yeah. So moderation. Moderation. Not to mention I just got to hydrate like crazy this week. You got to get this gunk out of my, out of my body. 
but speaking of gunk out of our bodies, Roger Dotsy, uh, DDS, <laughs> sent us a voicemail this week. And uh, this is a little participation voicemail for everybody listening. So uh, be a part of it and listen up. Eric, Jesse, hope you guys are doing awesome. Uh, I was just calling, well, first of all, last week was the first week that I recorded myself and sent it in as opposed to just calling the voicemail line, and I was immediately very thankful for all the impurities that the voicemail line leaves in, Uh, because, yes, with me walking and talking, it sounded, uh, yeah, pretty bad, but I'm doing it anyway nonetheless so that it, even though it sounded pretty bad and embarrassing, it at least you could tell everything that I was saying. But the real reason I'm calling in, in is I just wanted to suggest that we go ahead and do our second annual Personal Arrogance Bracket Challenge 2014. Uh, I'll be the commissioner again, and the best part about that is that it takes five minutes and then I'm done. Uh, so I'll get that set up. I think we went with Yahoo last year. We'll Yahoo it again. I'll put a link on the site. Let's say Get Off My Bracket is the, uh, is the league, and the password is Arrogance with an S, just like you guys. Best part is there's no limit. Anyone can do it. Uh, I can't wait to be at the bottom of the league yet again. And, uh, for, by the way, you guys have not mentioned March Madness at all. It's the best postseason. It's the best playoff in existence. And you guys are sitting here talking about trying to find another sport to follow <laughs> right now. No, no, this is the best. This is the best three weeks of sports. I'm sorry. I said it. I said it. That's It just is. So get out there. Fill out your brackets. Enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of madness this year. should be a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, anyway... Hope you guys are all doing well. Everyone get excited. Link's going on the Facebook page. Uh, look for that Sunday night, Monday morning-ish. And uh, take care, stay arrogant, and get off my back. Bye. Get off my back, Roger. Get off my back? Get off my bracket. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, the bracket challenge is now up. It is on our Facebook page. You can just follow that link, and it goes right in there. We had a few issues with the links, but it's all set up now. So uh, be sure to go to the Facebook page. Sign up for the bracket. You only got, like... A few hours left before the first games start playing, so uh, be a part of the magic that is March Magnus and uh, and do it. Jesse, are you excited about your bracket? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand how you put one together. Uh, I, th- I think there are a couple tips that I like. So, first of all, it's tough because I have not paid any attention to college basketball this year. The Seahawks basically ate up all of my sports capacity. Uh, for most of the year. Um, but uh, a good idea here is that you start in the middle from the last game and then you work your way out. And this team, this year, Jesse, I think that there's a team that, that you're really going to like. They're the only undefeated team in the entire country. Uh, they are a mid-major conference school. They are the Wichita State. Do you know what their mascot is? Uh, No. The Wichita State Shockers. Hmm. They're going to shock the world. Mm. They'll probably make it to the Sweet 16. So they're like an electric type? Well, I think it has to do with like uh, something having to do with like wheat. I think who, are like they, who are they paired wheat. up with? I have, I don't know. I don't know. Because if they're, if they're going against like a ground type, then they're going to be in trouble. That's or true. Or rock. They could totally get grounded. 
Uh, anyway, so fill out your bracket, guys. Uh, and uh, so, you can-, can you fill out the bracket now? Because I went on like the Yahoo thing, and it just gave me a big link for like right. I believe like, they- get the app. I'm like, I don't even have anything that I can run an <laughs> app on. Stop telling me to get the app, and then I couldn't go forward. Well, I believe that the day we were recording this is the last day of conference. Okay. Games, so you can't pick teams yet. But by the day we release this, it should be all ready to go. So cool. people can get in there, and uh, but it is like a really short window to fill out your bracket because the uh, the play in games happen pretty soon. So anyway, uh, bracket challenges here. Also, did you hear about this billion dollar bracket challenge that's going on? No. Warren Buffett is putting up a billion dollars if you fill out a perfect bracket. Wow, that's like guessing every score correctly and everything. It's not. It's not the scores. It's just picking every team correctly, and then I believe picking the right score for the last game. Wow. Yeah. To anyone who can do that? Anybody who can do it. That's wild. It's also nearly impossible. But oh, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's pretty big. Can you imagine winning a billion dollars? Like, what would you no, do if you won a billion dollars? <laughs> like, I would just make my own country, I think. I don't think you can just do that. I would be able to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd make one of these seafaring places, you know, you like buy an old oil tanker and then you just live out on the ocean. We've already been over Aragancia. Exactly. Aragonistan. Aragonistan. It's going to happen if I win this billion dollar bracket. So anyway, bracket challenge. Very exciting. We also got one more voicemail this week uh, from somebody with a very uh, beautiful voice. Here he is. Dear personal arrogance, my name is Bob Ball. I'm on a fun show called Word Rango, available at wordrango.com. But enough about me. Hey, I just saw recently the trailer for the Transformers movie coming out this summer, and it actually made me think, hey, this Transformers movie might not suck at the end. What movies are you looking forward to this summer, huh? Take care, guys. Bye. Get off my back, Bob. Get off my Bob. Uh, Summer movies, I think that... But you can't like a Transformers movie. Now, I will say I like the first Transformers movie. Uh, but you can't... <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I am on loopy meds right now, so just bear with me for the next hour or so. Um, I'm not excited about the Transformers movie. There are Dinobots in it, but... Uh, okay. Uh, I think the big... Wait, movies- like Beast Wars? Yeah, exactly. They're d- doing beast mode? They're doing full beast mode. They're doing That's like awesome. Optim- I hope Marshawn Lynch is one of the guys that wears the suits for like the green screen. I would love that, dude. Oh my god, that would be the motion so actor. awesome. Yeah. All smashes <laughs> produced by <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. That would be awesome. Uh I don't know. I just can't get excited for Transformers. And I don't think I'm gonna go see it in the theater. But you know, coming out this summer, there are some very, very exciting movies. Of course, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know Jesse's super excited about. Barf. Uh, it t- looks so. I I don't understand why people are excited about this. It looks so lame. Why does it look lame? It's it's just like Chris Pratt being Chris Pratty. It's like I don't need a Parts and Rec <laughs> version of the Avengers, and then it's like. <laughs> John C. Riley's being a goofball. It's like, okay, but just stick to Dr. Steve Brule and do it on <laughs> Tim and Eric. It totally doesn't make any sense. So what if... What it's, if- it's like... Uh, it, it looks like, you know, how a, like a camel is a horse designed by committee. It's like uh-huh. all these parts that don't fit together and it doesn't make any sense and it's weird and they're trying too hard. 
So you're and you know they did all the best, all the best goofs made it right into the trailer. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I'm excited about that movie. Ugh. Um, uh, what else we got? Warren Buffett's gonna give me a billion dollars for being right about that one. <laughs> um, what else we got? We got uh, Captain America's coming out soon. Right. Suppose there's That's, yeah more more of these superheroes. <laughs> It's definitely not worn out. It's definitely not worn out. People are saying that this Captain America movie might be the best Marvel movie that's been uh, made to date. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was about to make a really vulgar analogy, but I'll refrain. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? There's some other summer movies that are coming out. Um, let's see here. What are the movies that we're most... I'm, I'm looking this up here. So, Divergent, of course. I'm looking forward to 13 Years a Slave. <laughs> yeah, the sequel. Yeah. It's uh, not based on a true story, but they needed the money, so... <laughs> um, it's based on 13 made-up stories, though. It is based on 14 made-up stories, weirdly oh. enough. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Jersey... Oh, Edge of Tomorrow, which is coming out to Tom Cruise. I don't know, man. I... Dawn of the Planet of the Apes 2... Uh, uh, brunch of the planet of the apes <laughs> they got, we, we got Neighbors that's a new Seth Rogen uh, movie coming out uh, with Zac Efron I know he's one of your faves yeah I hope it's based off of the Australian soap opera uh huh um <laughs> yeah it's actually the American adaptation of that <laughs> um what else uh oh god there's oh godzilla that's the one that i'm probably most excited <laughs> oh godzilla of course oh godzilla uh yeah i don't know we'll we'll get we'll get to that when we get 22 jump street maybe a little bit excited for that one um i don't know man i won't see any of these in theater i guarantee you i don't i don't know if like it's worth going to the theater this summer man I'm like, still looking forward to watching Inception finally. <laughs> Maybe they just need to like re-release Lego Movie in like June, <laughs> and then I'll go to the theater and watch that. Uh, I don't. I don't know. know if I would want to see that again. Well, if you, <laughs> just, man, I'm in a negative mood, aren't I? I don't think you're in a negative mood. I just don't think you get as passionate about movies as a lot of people do. Yeah, I which definitely is fine. Do not. Some people like movies. Some people like tall coffee tables. I like tall coffee tables and hamburgers. <laughs> So, Jesse, what hamburgers are you most looking forward to this summer? Uh, you know, like a, a gorgonzola bacon. Oh, love it. Yeah, with like some charcuterie on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, if you tell us what movies you guys are excited about, maybe uh, maybe there's some hidden gems out there that we're missing. Um, you can send us an email, personalergus at gmail.com, or give us a call, leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. Jesse, it is time. For a little tiny Matt roll-off. What do you say? Mm. Yeah, let us. Have you heard about the roll-offs? What happened? Are they splitting up? They're splitting up. Yeah. It's crazy. That's too bad. I don't know, man. I, I guess maybe Matt built the theme park in his backyard too big or something. <laughs> um, But, uh, you know, best wishes to those two. And uh, we're still going to use your name for our roll-off, Matt. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Jesse, I rolled a six. What did you roll? 11. All right, buddy. What's your first topo? Well, let me pull up my dongle here. Love oh, I got some uh, some games news. All right. Here we go.
So we haven't gotten to talk about the Flappy Bird craze that took the world by storm. Yeah. Um. So it was basically like a iPod or iPhone, I guess is what most people have, mm-hmm. app. iOS. iOS, where you can tap the screen and fly a little bird around some pipes. Word up. And it went super viral, super fast, and the guy who made it, like, wigged out and took it down. Right. And then people were, like, selling iPhones on eBay that had Flappy Bird for, like, $1,000. Which is crazy. I don't, know, is, I don't know if they were actually selling them. I think they were posting them. Yeah, I don't know if they actually <laughs> sold them. People wigged out about this game, and then it was gone. I know. And which kind of, like, led extra mis- gave it extra mystique. Yeah, but it's like not even a good, like anybody can make that game. Yeah. It's like, have, have you played it? Uh, no. I played it in like a browser based emulator. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I played like a version that had Miley Cyrus's face instead. Yeah, literally anybody can make this game. Like TMZ made this game in like four minutes. Right. Um, but, it, uh, so yeah, it inspired a bunch of clones when it went offline. But I guess the Vietnamese creator. A Flappy Bird says he's thinking about resurrecting the free game that oh, he took finally. offline about a month ago. Finally. Although, with a warning about its addictive qualities. So, this wasn't the only controversy that... The addictiveness was not the only controversy that circled this game. No? No, one of the main controversies that circled this game is that it mysteriously, mysteriously shot up the I tunes charts like it got up super fast into like first place and Mm -hmm. as you and i both know and hopefully our listeners know rating and reviewing things on itunes helps it shoot up the rating so that more and more people see it right uh and so apparently this game got like a ton a ton like almost too many rates and reviews uh in the first few uh you know in, in a short period of time since its launch and there's a lot of people, there was a lot of speculation that this person had uh, kind of gamed the system or, you know, somehow hacked the system so that so that uh, they, you could get like a ton of rate and reviews on there. Mm. Um, he botted it somehow? Somehow. There, there's, there was speculation that that occurred. And then there was also a report that came out that said, you know, this, yes, this is a free app, but that it was generating $50,000 a day right. in ad revenue. Ad revenue. Um, which is not, you know, a bad thing. It's, they, there were just so many people playing the game that the ad revenue in the game was like crazy because so many people played it, but so many people were playing it presumably because it shot up the chart so quick. So there's this kind of weird idea that like this dude had gamed the system to make a ton of money without charging anybody. So it's a kind of this false controversy that had <laughs> spurred around this game. Not to mention there were a lot of, uh, hardcore gamers who were, you know, against this game because there was a because it's not really a a good game it's not a hard game to make and and then there was also this camp that was wondering if uh there was speculation like nintendo was going to sue them because they use uh a lot of assets that are very similar to mario assets in the game right so there was always one have any idea how maybe he would have done it though i have no idea and like just super hacked it i i don't know um there, there was just speculation around it and and uh, you know, honestly, more power to them. It's <laughs> the iTunes rating system is a little ridiculous. 
in my mm-hmm. opinion. And he l- figured out a way to game the system and make a ton of money off of it. But then he got like all this backlash and I, apparently all this hate mail and stuff, so he decided to pull the game. Uh, yeah, he pulled the game. He was making $50,000 a day. Yeah. And uh, decided to pull it down. Because at least he was saying it was interfering with his simple life and he was feeling guilty because he was getting messages of from people saying like they failed tests because they're busy playing Flappy Bird all day. <laughs> Which I feel like if I created a game and someone did that, I'd be like, that's on you, buddy. That is totally on you, man. I'm not your mama. <laughs> not to mention, it's like, thank you, I must have made a very good game then. Yeah, exactly. You can always <laughs> take the course again, Not I to guess. mention, who's writing him emails like saying that? Who's taking <laughs> the time to do that? Damn you! <laughs> well, the guy says um, he's now enjoying a quieter life. And he's busy creating other games that I'm sure will be just as successful, including a cowboy-themed shooter, a Love vertical it. flying game, and an action chess game. Ooh, act- like battle chess? Hopefully battle chess comes back. Oh, God, I want some battle chess so bad. I feel like battle chess was one of those games that just perfectly captured the moment of, like, if sort of, I don't know, it was almost like a Halo. Like, everyone wanted a Halo but didn't know it until Halo 1 came out, and it, like kind of captured the energy yeah. of gaming battle chess was like that on like the dos days oh yeah like battle chess like who you know first of all it's chess which is like the most nerdiest game ever created ever conceived but then who in there who who hasn't while playing chess imagined the pieces chopping each other to bits as they you mm-hmm. know, fight each other and that's really all it was right it was just chess but with yeah, animated it was just the graphical stuff like the tower turned into like this hulking thing that yeah. would come and smash you and the yeah. queen would like would like give you a hug and then stab you in the back <laughs> it was good stuff and she uh. had some good cleavage for a uh, like 10 year old <laughs> like nine year old jesse wilson was like whoa hello there hello queenie uh also i didn't like the bishop I feel like when the bishop died, like, he became a pile of ashes, and then there was, like, a cross, and it, like, did a wily e. Coyote thing, and, like, stayed in the air for a second, and then fell, <laughs> or something. I, so. uh, You know, maybe they need to make a version of chess where, you, when you get into the battle, then you actually go into, like, a fight, like a fighting game, and then they the pieces get to fight each other, but whoever moved in has, like, an upper hand, like, has more health than huh? the other guy. Yeah, that so would be still, weird. You could still fight your way out of it. I don't know. Pretty bad idea. I, I think. think you could just play chess. I don't yeah. think that would make chess more fun. <laughs> How can we make chess more fun? How can we perfect this game, this broken game of chess? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's it. Well, um, I don't more know. More power to him. More power to Yeah, what do you think about this guy? Do you think that he should have quit? Do you think that he's... A villain or a hero? What do you think about him? Um, I think he had a little bit of a freak out. Yep. But, yeah, I don't know. It would have been nice if he had just, like... If I was him, just, like, redirect all that money into a bank account that you don't even yeah. think about. Yeah, I mean, presumably making 50 grand a day. How many days went by before he quit making that kind of money? I mean, he should be set for a while, especially... Yeah. He's, he's, does he live in Vietnam? I think so. I think you could probably get by it pretty well. It's pretty expensive over there. Pretty expensive place to live. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I say more power to him. 
it's it, this is definitely one of those flash in the pan stories. I doubt we'll ever hear from this guy again. I'm this well until his cowboy shooter comes out. Yeah, I mean, well, if he has figured out a way to hack iTunes, maybe he's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's sometimes success can be scary for people. Yeah, no, I would be weirded out if I was suddenly making fifty thousand dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a weird thing. <laughs> well, who knows, man? You could open your tall coffee table shop. <laughs> call them toffee tables <laughs> they're not made out of toffee it was a bad name <laughs> all right man well uh, for my first topic this week i'm going to talk about movies do you know what nemesis means Um, okay. Uh, we're going to move on to movies. We have a topic that was floated to us by James Patterson a couple of weeks ago. James, a loyal, uh, Facebook roundup contributor, uh, put something on here, um, right after, uh, Harold Ramis had died, which I believe was two or three weeks ago now. Um, he says, do you believe that they could still write a Ghostbusters three without Harold Ramis? I would want to hear you guys do an Eric's Aquaman treatment for Ghostbusters three. Thanks. Um, so that's what we're going to do is do an Eric's, uh, Aquaman treatment for Ghostbusters three. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. So first of all, you know, we had talked, uh, we, when we were doing our Lego movie review, uh, we were talking about the two directors, uh, of Lego movie who are, uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And these two guys have this really weird track record. They did clone high and then they did. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and then they did uh, twenty two or twenty one Jump Street, and then they did the Lego Movie, and now they're doing twenty two Jump Street. And we were like wondering what should they be doing next. Apparently, they didn't sign on for Lego Movie two. They will not be directing that. But I was like, dude, this is the perfect time for them to step in and make this Ghostbusters three movie happen. That has been gabbed about for a very very long time do you do you kind of know what the history of this ghostbusters 3 thing is no i have no idea so dan Aykroyd, i know he's one of your faves uh yeah i, I like more of his like documentary stuff yeah i mean dan Aykroyd unplugged on ufos yeah exactly specifically specifically yes um so dan Aykroyd really wants to make ghostbusters 3 and i don't think that i don't think that there's any um you know, veiling as to why he wants to do this is probably the only property he's tied to that's still profitable or anything. Uh, I mean, who's like, who's thought of, have you seen Dan Aykroyd lately? Mm, he could do black sheep too. He could do. Oh God. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I mean, he kind of looks like a poorly quaffed chia pet at this point, <laughs> um, but he's still got the Dan Aykroyd voice. Right. Um, and anyway, he really wants to make this Ghostbusters 3 movie. So he got his buddy Harold Ramis to get together with him. And Harold decided, well, I know these guys who wrote this movie that I directed called Year One, starring Jack Black and Michael Sarah. Right. Uh, which was a terrible, terrible movie. It's, it's honestly like, uh, it's, it's usually panned as one of the, one of the worst movies of like the 2000s. And when I think of uh, Cavemen, I immediately think of Michael Sarah. Absolutely. No, but 
<laughs> this one, and I think it was Harold Ramis's last movie as well that he directed. Ouch. Um, so anyway, for some reason, Harold Ramis decided that, yeah, the guys who wrote year one should write Ghostbusters 3. The only problem with this is that when Bill Murray heard that the guys who wrote year one are writing <laughs> Ghostbusters 3, he's like, there's no effing way I'm going to do this movie. That's hilarious. And that's basically been... Besides, the... I'm already tied to Garfield. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. I think he Pretty didn't want to do it that. on Garfield. Um, do you know, did you hear about how he got involved in Garfield? Mm-mm. Oh, man. I got it. This... The guys from year one were like, we got a great movie for you. <laughs> well, the crazy thing about the Garfield... So, you know, um, you know, Bill Murray is like... Uh, he's got like a voicemail line or something that you can like call into and pitch a movie to him. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah. So, I need to pitch my uh, Predator prequel movie <laughs> idea to him. Absolutely. All right. We'll get that voicemail line. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this movie, Garfield, it was written by somebody named Joel Cohen. And you may know the name Joel Cohen from like Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen, a.k.a. the Cohen brothers. Uh-huh. Only they spell their last name C-O-E-N. And Joel, oh, really? Joel Cohen spells his last name C-O-H-E-N. Yeah, that's the traditional spelling. But apparently, Bill Murray heard Joel Cohen and thought that, oh, the Cohen brothers are producing or writing this Garfield movie. <laughs> nah. So he signed on for it and then got trapped in this Garfield movie and also the sequel, Garfield 2, because of that's the contractual That's so weird. So he it- didn't follow up on that? <laughs> <laughs> He's got better things to do. I guess. Santori times. Um, so, anyway, Bill Murray, I think, he doesn't want to get burned. He only wants to be in Wes Anderson movies, which is understandable. <laughs> but he is like, there's no way I'm going to be in this movie year one uh, that's that's written by these guys who wrote year one. I don't have any faith in them, and I don't want another Garfield situation on my hands. Um, so, anyway, they couldn't get Bill Murray on. Apparently, uh, they were like, all right, fine, we're just going to do it without him. And uh, and now Harold Ramis is gone. So now the only real Ghostbuster that's left is Dan Aykroyd from the original three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how about the black guy? Well, he was brought on. I'm talking. He was brought on in the first movie, but he wasn't one of the original three. Oh, okay. They recruited him. I haven't watched Ghostbusters like a ton of times or anything. Well, I haven't seen it that many times either, and I might be completely wrong on that. And if I am, I apologize. To all of our Ghostbusters fans out there, um, but uh, but anyway, so now Dan Aykroyd is sitting here holding the bag with this bad script and no Harold Ramis, and and, and apparently still wants to make this Ghostbusters three movie. Well, Harold can play the ghost, right? <laughs> there was Sorry, this, that was an easy joke. It, it is an easy joke, and there's actually this very sweet uh, T-shirt on T Fury with like Slimer holding. Egon as a ghost holding his hand, walking him into uh, I don't oh. know, going to play dice or something. Um, so anyway, I think that they got to throw out this whole thing. They got to throw out Dan Aykroyd. They got to throw out the year one script. They got to start over here. And if they want to make this Ghostbusters three movie, it's got to be it's got to be a complete reboot. Oh really? Yes. Hmm. Michael Sarah and Jack Black. Well, you know, actually, I, I'm looking at these guys, uh, um, uh, Lloyd and, and Miller, the guys who, uh, or Lord and Miller, the guys who did Lego Movie, and I'm looking at their track record. They've worked with guys 
like Channing Tatum and and uh, um, oh, come on, who's the guy from Moneyball and uh, and Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill. Uh, they've worked with them in in Twenty One Jump Street. They've worked with uh, Chris Plant. Chris Plant. God, I am on these drugs from man. the besties. Yeah, Chris Plant from Polygon.com. They've worked with him a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, Chris, Chris, uh, the guy from Parks and Rec. Pratt. Chris Pratt. They've worked with him on the Lego Movie. They've worked with guys like Will Arnett. They've worked with a lot of really, you know, pretty good Charlie Day, uh, Will Ferrell. Like they just need to reboot this guy, and I think that they should do it with Chris Pratt. And with uh, Jonah Hill and uh, somebody like uh, Donald Glover from Community would be good, I think. And like just completely. But he's not one of the original three. They bring him on later. No, he'll be in the original three this time. We will. We will be on the right side of history this time. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Arnold. And then uh, Tom Arnold. God, I my brain is not working. Tom Arnold. I kind of love it, but it seems weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's going to make his big comeback after after uh, uh, True Lies. God, I cannot think. Dan Aykroyd. Why can't I think today? And then maybe, oh, maybe just maybe, you can have like a pass the torch scene, which, spoiler alert, in 21 Jump Street, there is a scene with Johnny Depp and the other dude from 21 Jump Street who literally die at the end of the movie. Oh, wow. As undercover cops, which is kind of hilarious. But it ties it back to... Uh, it ties it back to, um, you know, the originals, but but it's still like a giant reboot. And make it fun, make it a comedy, like you know, Ghostbusters is at its heart. And uh, and plus, these guys have a lot of good pedigree in in dealing with uh, CG. I mean, they've worked on really. I mean, they worked on full CG productions. They've worked on three of them so far: Cloud with the Chance of Meatballs, the sequel, and then the Lego Movie. So they obviously have the VS- VFX uh, expertise to be able to pull something off really cool. I think so. Anyway, I don't have a full treatment for this movie, but Ghostbusters. They 3, should just do the whole thing out of Legos. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and all the ghosts could just be those spooky ghost pieces from the nineties. There you go. Ah. <laughs> just like in the Lego, I love that ghost in the Lego movie. Really <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like I'm looking at the at the poster for Ghostbusters, and it's got Harold Ramis, um, Bill Murray, and and <laughs> and Tom Arnold. No, and Dan Aykroyd on it. And yeah, they don't even have Winston on there. Yikes! Ernie Hudson, man, he's not even on the poster. Right side of history, Ghostbusters three. That's that's the <laughs> subtitle, Ghostbusters three, right side of history. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It could, the plot could be like a sort of uh, national treasure sort yeah, of vibe. I would actually love it if it was like something like a haunted battle, like Ooh, some, like a civil war, yeah, like a civil war battlefield. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's some guy who's trying, some necromancer who's trying to raise the dead to take over Philadelphia or something. Mm, a, com- a, pr- a pro Confederacy necromancer. There you go, bringing it back. Confederacy necromancy. For the necromacy. (laughs) I'll I'll workshop it. I love it. Yeah. Right side of Ghostbusters 3 writes of history. Writes itself. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, move on to some trivia. What do you say? Yeah, let's. All right. We're going to be doing Genus 1 of Trivia Pursuit. Um, And I'm going to be rolling a six-sided die to see which category we're going to be doing this week. It is a three, which is history. And once again... We're doing history, and once again, I have to remind everybody that Jesse has a degree in history. We've done a lot of history lately. 
Um, okay. Jesse, this question's for you. And this one's, this one's a layup. So get ready for the dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, what food did Marco Polo introduce into Italy from the court of Kublai Khan? Uh, noodles. I'm going to go with oh, ravioli. Uh, it's pasta. You got it. All right. Oh, man, I had pho for, for lunch today. It was so good. Extra noodles. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, Marco Polo. Yeah. What year are we talking about here? This is like 16th century AD or whatever. Uh, I would say somewhere around 16th century. Let's take a look here. Uh, Marco Polo. Uh, he. Oh no, we're talking like 14th century. Okay. He still, died in, he died in 1324. So actually, okay. more like 13th century. 13th century. Yeah. Still. Okay. They don't have noodles. <laughs> they get noodles at that point. Right. Tomatoes are a new world crop. But when you think mm. of like Italian food, you think of noodles and like spaghetti sauce, sauces, like tomato sauces. Like before Marco right. Polo, they didn't have noodles or tomato sauce. I didn't know that tomatoes were a new world crop. I'm pretty sure. Are you sure you're mixing up with potatoes? I uh, know potatoes for sure are a new world but i I thought tomatoes were i don't know i'll fact check it and get back to it next week yeah well they also had cheese so you just put cheese on it they have butter just put some gorgonzola on it get some mazithra mofos Mm -hmm, you got hamburgers every day (laughs) (laughs) all right this question is for me who did winston churchill succeed as british prime minister at the outbreak of world war ii Gosh, this is a tough one for me, man. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I believe it's Neville Chamberlain. You got it, buddy. Nice one. Up to nothing, Jesse. Here's 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 your next question. What kind of pants were worn were first worn during the California Gold Rush? What kind of pants? Oh, denim jeans. Denim jeans. I'm going to go with shorts. <laughs> Denim jeans. Jesus, man. Yeah, where's all this talk about Jesse has a history degree now? I Apparently, we've hit your sweet spot. <laughs> Denim jeans history. Pants and uh, prime ministers. Yeah, there you the, go. The big P's. Uh, and then finally, this is, a, uh, this is a consolation prize if I can get this right, which I can't. Who did Ringo Starr marry in 1980, 1981? Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Benjamin Cumberbatch. I'll say Sir Paul McCarthy. <laughs> uh, Barbara Batch. Very mm. close. On my, you were close. I got I'll the Batch you, I'll part. I'll give you that one. All right. <laughs> well, you want... Dude, I, so at Trivia this week, I went to tri- pub trivia on Wednesday, and we lost by, like, one question. We got second place by one question. And one of the categories was all about Crimea and, like, oh. the Ukraine. And I was like, God, why is Yuri on my team right now? <laughs> um, but I had this, I had this, I had a total flub up. So it was like this, uh, Crimea, this Crimean resort city was the spot where Winston Churchill and Stalin and FDR got together to sign a treaty. Do you know what the name of this is? God, it's off the top of my, on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember though. So it's Yalta. Yalta, yeah. And I wrote 
Malta. (laughs) (laughs) If I would have just gotten the first damn letter right, we would have won. Oh, that sucks. What are you going to do? It will haunt me forever. Jesse, what is your... You want everything this week. What's your psychotapo? Okay, I'm going to do some science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs... Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. So coming out of the Australian National University, known mostly as Jesse Wilson's hoodie of choice. Love it. um, Have examined some previously collected data on where plants, fungi, and invertebrates uh, like mites live in Antarctica. Uh-huh. The scientists mapped the number of organisms in relation to geothermal areas, volcanoes mostly, known to have been active since the last ice age. They found the number of species was greatest at or around such sites, uh, which the scientists said reflected volcanoes' role as ice age refuges. Love it. So, volcanoes in the ice age might have protected life. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff with, like... So, are these underwater volcanoes, mostly? No, or these are, like, above? in Antarctica, on on the continent. What? I didn't know they had volcanoes there. I didn't either, which is surprising to me. Well, I know they have mountains, but I would have thought they would have been tectonic. But I guess there's... Antarctica doesn't really run into anything else. So. <laughs> right, it just kind of chills down there. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Um... Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I thought. I thought you were talking about underwater volcanoes. No, this is above ground stuff. So above ground volcanoes are basically the cesspools of life, right? And they are like hypothesizing that life can survive near volcanoes during ice ages. Oh, welcome to the Pacific Northwest, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I mean, it also lends itself easily to some Lovecraftian ideas of Absolutely. ancient monsters living in volcanoes. Anytime you're talking about science plus Antarctica, you're talking about it, Lovecraft. Yeah, that's basically true. This is so interesting. Because like, well, the reason why I thought you were talking about underwater volcanoes is because, I mean, you've heard about like, there's these underwater volcano vents that open up and literally the water around them is like 2,000 degrees. Mm-hmm. And there's organisms that live in that temperature. Yeah, that's where they think like some of the first living organisms came from are those volcano vents. Yeah, that were like uh, nitrogen fixers or whatever, and basically turned whatever gases came out of there into nitrogen and lived in that environment and moved out from there. Oh man, have you been watching the Cosmos? No, I want to. It's on my oh, list of things dude. to do, though. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. I love it. Neil deGrasse Tyson is my second boyfriend behind Russell Wilson. I like Neil deGrasse Tyson, but he's no Carl Sagan. Oh, no, not at all. I'm just saying once you go quarterback, you never go back. Because they're both quarterbacks in my heart. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't think he ever went quarterback. I think he's gone quarterback on my heart. Oh, wow. He's calling the plays. Okay, Um, speaking of ancient (laughs) cold stuff, uh uh, Gary Holton and Mark Sisoli from the University of Fairbanks in Alaska and Georgetown University mm-hmm, in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., respectively, concluded that the first Americans may have stayed for 10,000 years in uh, Beringia, Beringia, a land bridge mm-hmm. connecting Alaska and Asia. These settlers originally came from Asia, Asia duh, and while some of them went back, 
the others headed to Alaska, bringing their language with them. So they basically looked for um, similarities between Asian, Siberian uh, languages and Native American languages. Uh-huh. And uh, they gathered word structure, sound system, and grammars of Nadine, the language of Native Americans, and Yanisian, a language spoken in central Siberia. Wow. So Yeah, so they were able to tie them together. And the thing that made me interested in this is when I was in university, this is like all my Russian professor would talk about. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like totally into it. And he'd go to Siberia every year and like map these dying languages and oh. uh, find parallels between Siberian languages and Native American languages. There's but he's li- not included in this news article. I clicked on it <laughs> expecting to see... Um, Dr. Ed Vida mentioned, got, but no such luck. He got science vultured. <laughs> he did. This is the, the whole thing with this is really interesting as well because um, I don't know if you've uh, heard this, but like you know, obviously there. Is, I think it's Beringia. It's like Bering Strait, Pangea, right? Uh, so there's the idea of this Beringia land bridge, right? But um, had you heard it called that before? No. This is the first time I've heard Beringia. Beringia. Uh, or Beringia, maybe. I don't know if I it's like a Beringia. GIF. I like Beringia, too. That works, too. Um, but so there's just, you know, there's obviously the idea that Native Americans came across the Alaska land bridge into North right. America. But the problem with that is that there's archaeological evidence that South American um, natives, Native South Americans' cultures go back further than North, certain North American cultures. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not only Beringia, it's like there's also, you know, the idea of the Polynesian um, seafarers, which is just crazy to me that you get out on the ocean in, like, a little canoe with a, with a sail on it, and you travel, like, 3,000 miles across the Pacific. Yeah, d- I don't know if that jives, though, because they didn't make it to, the Polynesians didn't make it to Hawaii till like, 1400. Oh, I don't know if that's true. Think it's true till Fort because like Captain Cook was there like uh, I think it's a little further along than that. Okay, but still like it it was pretty recent that they made it to Hawaii. Yeah, but I think what they've done is they found uh like the thing that uh, supports this is Easter Island. The native culture on Easter Island is like too old to have been originated down in up in Alaska or something. I don't know. It's I'm just, calling shenanigans on this. You're calling shenanigans? Yeah. All right. Apparently, we all need to fa- fact check. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's this. It, it's really interesting to me how um, just like the Gala people to be like, all right, we're going to go. We're going across this frozen land bridge. Let's do it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they had to have been following mammoths, right? They had to have been following something. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, like, going across, like, uh, here's a giant icy sheet, let's just keep walking. Yeah, but, I mean, humans just go, though. Yeah, I mean... Humans do go. Humans fill the gaps. Like, well, I guess we're going this way. (laughs) We'll get there. I guess this is what happened when you didn't have TV. (laughs) I really feel like TV is, like, the end of civilization. You didn't didn't have TV, and every one of your neighbors was a murderer. (laughs) Like I need yeah. to put some space between me and Steve because he killed like two of my kids. He's definitely gonna kill us all. 
Yeah, so I think I'm just going to keep watching. I know it sucks, but well, we'll see what's on the other end of that. Makes a mean man mistake, but geez, if you if he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, the uh-huh. wrong side of the mammoth skin. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, did, did you hear about the mammoth news? No, I haven't heard the mammoth oh news. Oh my gosh. So this is, you got to take this with a grain of salt. Because this is that's how I like my my mammoth. Because <laughs> apparently there's some Siberian scientists that think that there's a very good chance that they could clone a twenty eight thousand year old mammoth. Right, that's what they're always talking about, right? Clone the mammoth, right. put it in a whale womb. A whale womb? That's what I heard before. Oh my god, that was that... toast. Or maybe it was an elephant. Something. I think it's an elephant. But either way, the surrogate's not going to survive. It's just crazy. Like, can't they make a pouch or something? For yeah, it? make an artificial womb with. You can even borrow my uh, my meat lab. Yeah, just put it in the meat lab. That's great. My little meat maker thing. Yeah. Set it to womb. <laughs> and you're all set. Yeah. Oh, huh, yeah. Apparently, there's really. I, I, it's just anytime I hear Siberian scientists, I always take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because I just imagine <laughs> a bunch of guys who are like have cabin fever in like in like a yurt in the middle of Siberia. You get sent to the gulag and you take an right. aptitude test. It's <laughs> yeah. like 99% of people are busting rocks, but one in a hundred get into the Siberian university si- system. Yeah, the Siberian scientist system. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, but we might have mammoths soon and then we'll and then we'll really know about this. Oh, I want to eat the hell out of that. I do really I I do find it really interesting. Um the whole language thing, especially when you when you hear about so many Native American languages dying out today. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's as many like um, Siberian languages dying mm-hmm. out rapidly too. Yeah. So yeah, my my Russian professor was over there. He studied like the Ket K E T people uh-huh. and was like documenting their languages. It was like, yeah, there's all these uh like the cognitives, blah blah blah, morphine structures of the uh, Ch- Iroquois. <laughs> it's like the same language. <laughs> <laughs> man he sounds like a blast at a party uh he was actually a really cool guy <laughs> he was one of my favorite professors ever and he knew a ton of different languages and oh wow he was a huge um he was like the chair like the chairperson of the linguistics department or whatever and um he just like taught intro to russian as like his passion project <laughs> just for fun yeah because that was his favorite language and um he would learn a new language, or when he was learning a new language, he would read uh, the Lord of the Rings printed in that language because he knew it so well. <laughs> <laughs> that would be how he wow. would like, really get into a new language. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he was a cool guy. It's hardcore, man. Yeah, one day I came in, he had like the Cimmerillion on his desk. I was like, what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the flight to Central Siberia is a long flight. That's true. That's pretty awesome. Any other science news? No, that's that's it for now. Science is quiet besides those two finds. All right. Um, oh, man, Easter Island has its own flag and coat of arms. Mm-hmm. It is a special... I, hope those, I hope those prominently feature the, the Maui. It's actually, the flag is kind of weird. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's like a red thing with it's like kind of two whale tails. Uh anyway. It is a Rai Miru on a white background, whatever that is. 
Um, anyway. It's like a normal Miru, but it's made out of rye instead of barley. Exactly. It's just a little bit stronger flavor. It get that spiciness. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to talk about gaming for my uh, Sekotaba, but I'm not going to play the song because it's out of style. Um, so, Jesse, uh, I, I know that, uh, you know, I've been... I've been bemoaning PC gaming for quite a while now. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm just not, you know, like you're you said. an advocate for consoles because of their ease of use. Exactly, but the, there's a couple things that kind of bother me about consoles lately. First of all, games are coming out really buggy on consoles, which is crazy to me. Yeah, that sucks. That I can tell you what that is because now they have the opportunity to patch it, but back. When you're buying, like, right. for Xbox or especially for, like, a cartridge, like, for your yeah. Super Nintendo, that shit had to be polished 100% before you, before you shipped. Yeah. That makes and now sense. they're like, well, we could just fix it later. Oh, yeah, that makes me feel real good day one when I lose my save. <laughs> yeah, I just spent 60 bucks on this. No big deal. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and then, you know, there's also, you know, the next gen is out. And, uh, you know, major barriers to PC gaming are, first of all, the cost. And second of all, yeah, you got to upgrade your system every couple of years. But that comes with, uh, it comes with some upside because you get to upgrade your system every couple of years and you basically get to have a pseudo new system every couple of years right. with right. updated Once graphics and things run better and, and that sort of thing. You've already paid for the expensive stuff like operating system right. and your fan and your tower and your power supply and stuff. So upgrading isn't as expensive as buying a new uh, console if right. you already have you know quality existing equipment. Right, and and you know there are they are coming out with the Steam boxes very soon, um, and so that kind of spurred some stuff and uh, and one of the things that it spurred was a a new. Um, V uh, or uh, GPU graphics processing unit or video card, um, and that's the EVGA GeForce GTX 750. And what this is is a video card, and the, the video card is m a lot of times the most expensive thing in your computer if you have a gaming rig. Mm -hmm. It's got to process all the all the graphics. These things can run into the hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for like a mm -hmm. super, super high-end graphics card. And uh, what what happened is GeForce came out with this GTX 750, which is priced at $120. And today runs Titanfall better than an Xbox One. This is like their whole kick, is that this GPU can run it better, can, can basically run Titanfall better than a... Xbox One. It also allows people to uh, build more uh, cost-effective gaming machines, um, and it's going to be featured in a lot of the Steam machines that are coming out very soon. So it's a really interesting thing because I went, I went on PC Part Picker. I love PC Part Picker. It is very cool. It allows you to. <laughs> it's your new favorite show it comes on after American Pickers. <laughs> yeah, the guys are a little annoying, but they're lovable. Uh, they pick all your PC parts for you. No, PCPartPicker.com. It allows you to just scour the internet for the best deals on a bunch of different PC parts. And uh, so I was able to build a pretty solid little machine for like, right now it fluctuates in price because there are things like rebates and then as the prices change, it updates. So right now it's sitting at four, $540, which is uh, a little bit more than a Xbox One. 
But like I said, now you have your little project kit, which is pretty ah. cool. Um, like I said, I got my uh, power supply that I want. I got this, you know, it says eight gig of RAM, but it's it's able to be upgraded to thirty two gig of RAM uh, with my motherboard. Um, it's got a ter- one terabyte hard drive, uh, and I I am excited about this. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to buy it soon because I might just wait for a Steam machine. But it's a really interesting thing that has happened that I think is an unforeseen consequence of the Steam machines coming out is that Steam machines come out. There's obviously going to be a big market for them because Steam has you know 65 million users or whatever. Um, so GeForce comes out with a very affordable, high-quality graphics card to put in the Steam machines, but it's also available to just computer gamers in general, which allows people like me who have been leery of getting into computer gaming to be able to build machines and get into it at an entry level and then actually enter the hobby because it gets over one of those major things. You don't have to spend $1,000 on a gaming PC. You could spend 500 and get something you know that's workable. Right. It's an, it's a really interesting unforeseen consequence of what Steam's doing and it's uh it's just Well, like, it all it all comes down to the fact that you can buy games on Steam for a reasonable price. Exactly. And like you were talking about, you don't have to spend $100 on Windows now because you can just download Steamo if it's only a gaming rig and you're only going to plug it into your TV, that means you don't have to buy a monitor and that means that you can download SteamOS and put it on the system. Right. And then bing, bang, boom, you take it too long. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think what's been more influential is like the summer and winter sales where like you can oh, pick yeah. up L.A. Noir for $5. I have bought a lot of games that I can't even run on my laptop. Right. <laughs> and that's why people are gravitating towards PC because right. they don't want to go to GameStop and get gouged in, and buy like a $45 used copy of Madden. Exactly, and and you know, um, both Microsoft and Sony are are trying to get into this by doing things like offering free games to their Gold and PlayStation Plus members. But it's like, yeah, but I can also just get every GTA game for nine dollars on right. Steam. So yeah. I don't really need to don't really need that three year old game that you're offering me for free because I already <laughs> downloaded it on Steam. Sweet free Tomb Raider. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's interesting, man. I think the Steam Revolution is 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 going full steam, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to consoles. I mean, I was balking at the idea that this is going to be the last generation of consoles, but Steam might have a say in whether or not uh, we yeah, see. I, I still don't consoles. buy that. Okay, I mean. <sighs> Like, our dads would have said the same thing in 1990. Maybe. I mean, like, it, this is the thing, is that you're being able to, with the Steam Machines, you're able to introduce consumer-level, consumer-consumable uh, 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 c- gaming PCs. So it's not, it, the, the barrier to entry is so much lower with this Steam Machine thing. It's almost like, you know, like you say, uh, it's like owning an old classic car versus buying a brand new car with a warranty. It's kind of the difference between a PC gamer and a console gamer. I feel like this is taking that PC gaming thing and putting it into a this thing of, oh yeah, you can get your like car and then you can upgrade your right. uh, engine but if you want. Steam machines aren't a success seats. yet. 
They aren't. That's they true. might not be the success story that we're thinking they're going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. Maybe we're jumping the gun on this a little bit. I just love how you see these little ripples that are already already happening, and they haven't, like I said, they haven't even been released yet. And if it becomes a problem, I think these things ebb and flow. Yeah, I think if it becomes a problem for like Nintendo or PlayStation, they're going to compete. They're going to find a way to be competitive. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, you could have said the same thing about Sega in the nineties. Yeah. I don't know. They were bitten. They were killed by themselves, though. Yeah. Well, they released a kind of a bad console in the Sega Sa- Sega Saturn. What it- Sega Dreamcast? God, my brain does not work today at all. <laughs> That's okay. It's a Saturday, but very similar. It's the Sabbath. <laughs> very similarly, uh, Nintendo's Wii U console is kind of an epic failure. Yeah, but again, I think they'll rally. All right. All right. All right. They well, survived uh, the GameCube, which was considered a big disaster. Yeah, but Super Smash Bros. on GameCube, man. That's exactly my point. Like, they have these games, they have these properties that are exclusive to them, so all they have to do is develop them in a way that you you can't live without having it if you're, you know, a 16-year-old Jesse Wilson. <laughs> I just love that we're like going through the eyes of Jesse Wilson at different ages here. Yeah. You got Well, I did channel my dad for a second there. <laughs> love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to our Facebook roundup, but before we do, we want to talk about baldmove.com. Guys, baldmove.com, check it out. There's a ton, a ton of new stuff up there. Um as everybody uh, hopefully knows by now, Aaron and Jim are going full-time podcast mode. Which yeah, means for, they're living the dream. They are living the dream, and they're they're actually already on this this train of uh, getting more and more content up for the uh, listeners of Bald Move. Of course, there was a House of Cards recap, which was awesome. Right now, they got Bald Movies Need for Speed, so they've done a uh, podcast just about Need for Speed. They're bringing back Bald Movies, maybe, and uh, and then there's also a wrap up cast for True Detective. Um, that are up there right now. Of course, Watching Dead is going on right now. Of course, the ladies from the Because Show are up there uh, right now from their post-San Diego trip. And Up Yours Downstairs uh, is on there as well. So uh, be sure to check out BaldMove.com for all your TV, pop culture, and lovey-dovey needs. Uh, get it all there for fun and friends if you want some. All right. Let's move on to Facebook Roundup. Uh, so each week... We are on our Facebook page. Oh, let me talk about how you can get in touch with us. So as I said earlier, you can get in touch with us. PersonalArguments at gmail.com. Uh, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. 360-362-0024. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We're on the Baldwin Facebook page and the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. And, of course, uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, which, as we said before... Helps you out a lot. So if you haven't done it yet, please do that. It is a really, really cool thing. We love to get new rates and reviews on iTunes. If you can't do any of that, just tell a friend, guys. Tell your friends and and listen to get, put an earbud in their ear and an earbud in your ear and then listen together and hold hands and laugh and stare into each other's eyes. Yeah, and you can share like when we when we post it on Facebook. If you think people you know might like it, just hit the share button. Share it with your buddies. Share it with your buds. Um. And then also up on Facebook, on our Facebook page, as we said before, uh, we're going to be putting up some links to our Amazon affiliate, uh, our, our own personal arrogance, Amazon affiliate account. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, 
if you want to support us, you can uh, bookmark that page and, and do that. Yeah, if you're already shopping at Amazon anyway, uh, it doesn't cost you anything more, and you get to help us out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the Facebook Roundup. Uh, so each week we post on Facebook, say, hey, we're recording. What do you want us to talk about? Uh, James Patterson said Ghostbusters 3, and he also says, uh, thanks for doing my bracket. He did the Wilson, put together the Wilson bracket. He said it was fun to put together. I can't do one for Walquist, <laughs> as the top results are for a middle school in Utah. And he says that I'm already the most famous Walquist. I don't know if that's true, but I'll take it. He says, I can do a battle of the Eric's, though, and I think that sounds like a good idea. That would be cool. Eric the Red already wins, though. <laughs> what about Eric Idle? Uh, good. Still no Eric the Red. Well, James, you got to find an Eric who's better than Eric the Red, or else this thing's a runaway. But I, you know, we got two voters here, so who knows? All right. Uh, Matt says, Bremerton, MXPX? Yeah. Yeah, I never got into MXPX. I didn't get into them hardcore, but like they were kind of like a folklore type of deal in Bremerton. Yeah, they're one of the more let's see, we got Sir Mix a lot. Yep. We got uh Bill Gates's dad. There you go. And we have Elron Hubbard was stationed in Bremerton when he was in the Navy. Yep, and we got Ben Gibbard, lead singer of Oh uh, Ben Gibbard Death and Death then Cutie. MXPX. And MXPX. So those are our heroes. Uh, yeah, there was Mount like Rushmore some... of Bremerton. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> there was some, uh, there was some very interesting, uh, you know, like, uh, rumors floating around. Like, some, somebody was like, oh, yeah, the guy from MXPX used to babysit me as a kid. Yeah, like... my cousin, uh, went to Bremerton High School with one of the MXPX guys, or all of them, I don't know. Move to Bremerton. Exactly. That's don't, really... though. That was our <laughs> advice earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Rolo Tomasi says, dudes, what are your thoughts on the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Conan the Destroyer, Jesse? Haven't seen it. Oh, I thought you were a Conan guy. No, that's Levi. Oh, Levi. I saw it once when I was a kid, and there's like two of them. There's Conan the Destroyer and Conan the Barbarian, I believe. Mm-hmm. And one of them I, I is like... I think Destroyer, he's already like the king or whatever. Yeah, one of them is like PG, and the other one is like hard R. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, one of them is, like, fun, and then the other one's, like, boobs and blood. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know too much about it, Rolo, but uh, but uh, maybe we get Levi in here sometime to talk about it. Yeah, he's our Conan expert. Uh, Conan correspondent. He, he also says, also, how do you guys have time to podcast, watch awesome movies, have families work, play competitive magic cards, fantasy leagues, actual sports, play video games, and learn science things? Don't get me wrong. I love that you do each and every week, but damn, you must be tired. I am, man. Yeah, I, I don't actually have time for this. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. I yeah. Uh, I go to. I get up at five a.m. every morning. Yeah. So when we when we start podcasting at eight o'clock, it, it gets a little rough. Yee. Uh, Amy Baker says marriage tips for wives who have husbands that play Hearthstone. Yeah, what you're gonna want to do is sign on to his account, right? And then just complete those daily challenges on days that you know he's busy. <laughs> To get him that sweet loot so that he can play in the arena for free. <laughs> that's my tip. That's, yeah, that's, I think, I think more from a wife perspective. Uh, you know, honestly, if you haven't played Hearthstone, Hearthstone is a pretty easy game to learn. It's much more approachable and doesn't have the social stigma yet of a Magic the Gathering. I'm coming back down on it. Yeah. My love affair with it is 
worn off. It might be too. It might be too. You know, easy. Uh, it's it's fairly basic. Yeah. And you kind of do the same thing over and over again. And now it's like they did this thing where it's like, if you spend any real money, you get this cool, sweet card for free. And when I'm playing and someone plays that card, I'm like, you didn't earn that. You just <laughs> you just spend stupid money on that. You just earned money and then spent that. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. How dare you spend your disposable income in the in the way that you want? I will say, watch that disposable income if you are the wife. He's buying digital cards, Amy. Don't let him actually buy cards. Yeah. Don't let him spend any real-ass money on that. <laughs> uh, Titus says, hey, I'm a relatively new listener. been listening for about a month or two. My question is, why do many craft beer drinkers underrate lagers? I'm a huge craft lager fan, and a lot of my craft drinking friends aren't really into them. I love kicking back with a refreshing low ABV, full-flavored beer, and he also seconds Matt's MXPX talk. Yeah, this okay. is... This is so, a, this is yeah. a point of contention. Eric, so let's just explain what happened. Last Thursday, when we were recording, we had oh, some yeah. tech difficulties. Yeah. And we recorded part of an intro. Right. But I was cutting in and out, and it turned out it was my mic cable that needed to be replaced and everything. But right. Eric was talking about a beer snob experience. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my friends, he's, he claims to be a beer snob, but he's like, but I don't drink lagers. So that is snobby. It's snobby, but that's not a beer snob. That's an IPA snob. Uh, he's a style snob. He's a style snob. That's not a beer snob. I mean, you got to be able to. There are times when a beautiful, crisp lager, mm-hmm. it, I want nothing more. Or even a sweet lager, a dark lager. There's Lagers are great. Yeah. I love lagers. And lagers are underrated. I'll tell you why. It's because, especially in the Northwest here, so many of our early craft breweries were inspired by... Brewers who went to England and had English style ales and then came back to the United States and started making them here. And they carried the stigma of lagers being inferior because it was, you know, they're thinking of PBR or uh, Coors or Budweiser. Right. So it, it kind of got this stigma attached to it. But in reality, like if those same brewers had gone to Germany, Instead of England, they would have started <laughs> yeah. brewing lagers when they came back to the States. But they didn't go there because they didn't speak German. So <laughs> they went to England instead and picked up the English brewing tradition, which is ale-centric. But there's nothing wrong with lagers. Lagers are no. delicious. I love lagers. I drink them all the time. Well, I think, and like you said, I think they're often associated with brands like Budweiser or, yeah. you know, whatever your local Genesee, Narragansett, Hams, Rainier. Right. Uh, but. But they're also harder to make, too, aren't they? Yes. They're like, there's a lot more work that goes into a lager than an ale. They're more time-consuming. Yeah. So, yeah, don't don't uh, don't let these guys tell you that lagers are no good, Titus. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. And they probably haven't had, like, no. a great, like, uh, Schwarzbier or, you know, some of these high-quality German lagers that have yeah. hundreds, if not thousands, of years of tradition behind them. Yeah, go to a German brew pub and... and uh, Get some German beers, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, Josh says, are you guys going to do a bald move NCAA bracket? I think we already covered that. But yeah, look for that on our Facebook page. Uh, Kevin Cobb says, now on Netflix Instant Cube, Pokemon Indigo League, going to try and relive my childhood or at least have some nostalgia. Not sure how it will hold up. Also, I don't know if you guys like Star Wars, but they added the new animated Clone Wars series. I have not seen it yet. But I've heard good things. I actually watched some Clone Wars. I I thought it's, it was good background noise. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've I been watching it. Indigo League actually. I've been throwing it on. Yeah. When my daughter wants to watch some cartoons. Yeah, I loved that show when I was like in seventh grade, dude. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> Obviously, it's Pikachu. <laughs> Yeah, I, and honestly, I like, I like Clone Wars too. Uh, the first episode that was a little weird because it was the storyline was really strange, but it was fun. It worked. You got Yoda; he's he's having a good time. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, we got Levi says obvious TV show on the Personal Arrogance Network: the Battlestar Galactica reality TV show. It's a combination of Battlestar Galactica, the board game, and Survivor. Each week, someone gets blown out the airlock. That'd be fun. Hopefully, that's not a euphemism. Takes place at the International Space Station. <laughs> that would be great, Survivor ISS. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> he was not a Cylon. No. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on to some recos. Jesse, what's your first reco? Well, my first recommendation... Um, some people have been talking about, hey, how can we support the podcast? So I'm going to redirect you to my wife's awesome pottery shop online, which is etsy.com slash shop slash Rosavina Pottery, all one word, R-O-S-E-A-V-E-N-A Pottery. Uh, she makes handmade, hand-thrown uh, mugs and like garden decor and bowls and stuff, and they're all uh, glazed by her and fired in our kiln at home, and... It's a great way to support what we're doing here so that I don't have to wig out when I have to buy a new microphone cable. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, my first record this week is going to be a new show. Did I, 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 I fold it? I got Hulu Plus again. Oh, my goodness. I've been Hulu Plusing like crazy lately. Huh. I mean, I really like the new Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. So I've been Hulu Plusing that, Daily Show, Colbert Report. But I found a gem. And there's only five episodes of it right now, but it's this show called Broad City. It's a Comedy Central show. It's about these two ladies living in New York, and it is one of the funniest TV shows I've seen in a very long time. I don't know how many belly laughs. I don't know the last time I had this many belly laughs in a, like a, a in a show. And it's great. It's got great guest stars. Um, it's got Hannibal Burris, who's one of my favorite stand-ups, is right. Uh, is a character in it. Um, it's got cameos from Fred Armisen and, uh, and, uh, Jason Manzoukas and like, it's, it's, and, uh, Janine Garofalo and like, it's just, it's just a great show. Like, start to finish, I love the whole thing. I think it's hilarious. So, if you get a chance, check out Broad City. You can find it on Hulu. Radical. Sekoreco. Uh, my Sekoreco, man, I have been playing the hell out of some Pokemon X. Oh, really? It turns out it is just as much or maybe even more fun than when I played Pokemon Red in seventh grade. Oh, I'm sure it's better, dude. I am really loving it. If you ever thought, you know, maybe it'd be fun to actually play Pokemon again, I highly recommend Pokemon X. There you go. So you got your uh, DS. uh... Got my 2DS. Yeah. Got uh, Pokemon. Got um legend of zelda link between worlds which is really why i bought it because that is the spiritual successor to my favorite game maybe of all time uh a link to the past i haven't even cracked it open because i've been having so much fun with pokemon holy jeez yeah all right well and then uh and then my second record this week is gonna be baseball it's coming up guys Oh, barf. <laughs> My Rangers are going to slay it. All right. Uh, so 
All right, guys, so that's the show this week. Once again, check our Facebook page. Get in on the NCAA Bracket Challenge. You only have a few days to sign up and get your teams in before you lose to me and beat Roger Dotsie. <laughs> and win a billion dollars. <laughs> All right, guys, well, thanks so much for joining us uh, for another episode of Personal Arrogance. As always, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.